You asked, and we answered. Today, we are bringing back my amazing wife, Sharman McCullough, for a part two exclusive Valentine's Day episode. Her and I are being interviewed by our son-in-law, Brandon Lopez, so you can guess, there's a lot of surprises. Tune in to hear us dive into the five love languages, marriage advice, and tangible ways to incorporate Valentine's Day all year round. What's happening, everybody? I am Brandon, bringing you a special episode of No Gray Area because it is Valentine's Day. That is right, the day of romance, me and amor. And today we're going to be talking about love, romance, and marriage with our special guest, Patrick McCullough and Charmin McCullough, his better half, his beautiful <laughs> wife. So uh, snuggle up close to your special somebody because we're going to dive right in. Here we go. Yeah. How you guys doing today? Good, good. Good. You guys, you're going to say something? Well, I, I was with that here we go part. I thought oh, maybe yeah. we should be coming out of the blue corner and the red corner or something. Yeah. yeah. Except for we're not going to talk about like, you know, Fighting. weighing in. At, yeah. 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 <laughs> I got you, Char. We're good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, so Fighting can be part of romance, but we can talk about that later. It can be, yeah. actually. Yeah. So uh, today is a special day. You know, the, the theme of what we're talking about is Valentine's Day or just in other words is romance. Um, but we want to dive in a little bit more into, of course, love and marriage. Uh, and, and so let's go right into it. Yeah. Let's describe to the audience pretty much like your history. Just really quick. Just quick little timeline of your history together. Because you've been married for. Well, long? we talked about this before, but we can go really quickly. We were on the podcast before, as you know, because mm -hmm. you watch the podcast, don't you? Yes. Okay, good. good. <laughs> but we, we have one of those crazy stories. We met in sixth grade. We started dating our sophomore year in high school. We dated through high school. Then. A year out of high school, I asked her to marry me. Totally surprised her. Surprised myself. She said yes. 32 years later, three kids and a seventh grandkid on the way in April from thank your you lovely so wife. And I think you had a part in that. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's been it's been quite an adventure. But we've known each other since we were 12. Yeah. Awesome. So let's get right into it. Straight to the to the marriage part. Um, Char, why did you say yes to this guy? Oh, I loved him. Mm -hmm. And That's I thought, it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long have you been together before you got married? Four years. Four years. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so you said love and adventure. You guys did a lot of things together. You pretty much like did everything together, right? In those four years. I don't know that we would do everything together. It was more like the spent... last year. It was a little bit that way. But in high yeah. school, we had you know we had our she we were in different sports. Although yeah. I would come and cross train with the track team so that I could. Yeah. I was racing bikes at the time, so I needed yeah. to cross train. So I'd go to the track, and she was in track. She happened to be in track. So, but yeah, yeah. you're. I, I don't think we did everything form together. Of romance, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Stalking is a form of romance. Yeah. yeah. So, same question to you, Pat, because of course you're the one pursuing her. So we'll see how romantic your answer is. Well, I have a Why good, did I, you, Yeah. So you pursued Char. You met her when you were 12. Uh, you pursued her. You dated her, and then of course you wanted to marry her. So let's uh let's describe kind of going through your head. Um, I, there there would be a lot of things, but certainly it was the way she treated people. Hmm. Um, I don't know. There was like a connection. I know people say that sometimes, and it can get kind of weird. But there there was like we started out as friends, so we had one of those because we were young. Neither one of us had driver's license, so it it started off with us just talking on the phone. So it it really did. Like some people would be like, "Well, we were just friends." We really were. We were just friends, and and. That's true. And um, then I think over that time, I, you know, you just start going like, man, there's a connection here. And this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. Wow. My answer was pretty superficial. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah. done. So is it one to zero? So <laughs> no, 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 This no, is no. a competition. No. no. Well, you know, it's kind of expected just because typically the man is the one that's pursuing. And so usually yeah. they're the ones that are playing romance more so i was interested to see what pat would say so oh, okay uh, with that you said it was a surprise right when he asked you yes to marry him why was that a surprise well number one it was two o'clock in the morning mm. i wasn't expecting it he was we just went out for i was supposed to drive to go home because i was at the his apartment with friends and we had gone out ice skating and spent time outside at night while it was snowing and it was really beautiful 
And I was like, I really need to get home. It's like two o'clock in the morning. He goes, well, let's just go for a little drive first. And I'm like, uh, okay, but I, I really need to get home. So it's got to be quick, short. So we went and he pulled into a gas station and said he was looking for something. This is another level of romance, by the way. Came out, yeah. yeah. And then eventually we ended up in the Albertsons grocery store parking lot. And like I said, another level of romance. Snowing and whatever. He was doing like donuts in the parking lot, like spinning the car in the parking lot. It was a Sick. manual. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's no way to set car. up a proposal, like <laughs> spinning a car in circles. And he just like whipped around a couple times and then he pulled this artificial rose that he had purchased at the gas station. There was no real rose. Let me tell the audience, there were no real (laughs) roses available at two in the morning at a gas station. That's why I had to go with the artificial rose. He pulled it out of his coat and he looked over at me and he goes, they say if you buy a woman a rose, they'll love you forever. Will you marry me? And I laughed. I thought he was kidding. (laughs) I didn't think. She did. I didn't think he was serious. And then he was serious and he said, yes, I don't think you... I told you I think, that I needed I to talk to your parents because yeah, the, the, the crazy thing about uh, us getting engaged is we had never talked about marriage. So we'd been dating for four years, but we were always trying to be very careful with each other. We didn't want the other person to choose where they were going to go to school. So we had never talked about it. And I didn't even think it was possible. You know, we were too young. All the things that people would tell you. And actually earlier that night, I was talking to a, a mentor of mine and I'm just going, I don't know where Shar and I's relationship is going to go. I mean, I don't... You know, I'm going to go away to Bible school. We're going to be 1,600 miles away. And he's like, is she the one? And I'm like, I, yeah. He's like, why don't you marry her? And we had a long conversation. And he was unlike anybody else speaking into my life at that time. Everybody else was like, you guys are too young. We're 19. You're too young. You're too, well, we were 18 at that we time. We were 18 at the yeah. time, yeah. Um, you're well, too you young. You're too young. You're too young. And, and he gave me all the reasons why that was kind of silly. So I just got the courage up that night. That's why there wasn't a lot of planning into this super, super romantic <laughs> proposal. And I asked her that night, and that's why she was shocked. I mean, that's why she laughed at me because mm-hmm. she like, had no idea it was you're coming. You're kidding. Yeah. No. He goes, No, I'm really serious. And I was like, Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. okay. Yeah. So then I told so then her I because crying. I always vowed I would, you know, ask the parents for permission. So then I'm like, You can't say anything. I got to go talk to your parents tomorrow because I did this kind of backwards. And, um, that was one of the scariest moments of my life. but Because, again, I just, everybody assumed we were too young. But she said yes. Her parents said yes the next day after a lot of questions. And here we are. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. So what was your first date like when you were started, you know, started dating? And I want to know how that compares to your most recent date. What was our first date? I, <laughs> our first date is, again, so we, our first six, seven, eight months of dating. If you want to call it dating, I put it, I have the little air quotes here because we neither one of us had driver's license. So we were just calling each other. You got your driver's license first. So remember, this is, kids, you not. Our first date is I take the school bus home (laughs) with her because she lived 20 miles out of town. And my brother and sister. Yeah, and her brother and sister are there. And then we get off the bus and we walk to her house and she makes dinner for us because mom was still working. Mom and dad were still working. Her, her younger brother was bugging the heck out of me. You make dinner for us. And then since you had a driver's license, she drove. I didn't drive. I couldn't drive yet. And we went to a movie that night. That was after our first date. After my mom date. got home. Yeah. yeah, after your mom got home. So, yeah, our first date was we took a school bus home together. And then she drove me to the date. On our and then date. I dropped him off. Yeah. Nice. And, and then drove, drove home. home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you, you answered in a second. But I would say a huge difference between those dates and dates now is you're just you're you're like nervous you're I don't know how to describe it you're you're there's butter you I mean you talked about like if there do you have butterflies well there's butter there it was different the butterflies mm-hmm. are is he like me am I dressed okay <sighs> you know does my breath stink <laughs> like you know like things yeah. that you're like oh no and now you're just like does my breath stink you know like you know you're just pretty yeah you like this oh i'm wearing it anyway you know the way it usually goes for us is you come out you say should i wear this or that and then i'll pick one and you've already made a decision in your mind so so that's how it usually goes but you know what though sure i think you bring up a great point that part of the big difference between a date then and now is the the comfort level Mm -hmm. you know we just Mm -hmm. we know each other well so like you're you're 
you're mm-hmm. not joking. Like now it's, it's, if you had bad breath then you're like, you're not going to tell the other person. Now you're like, you need to get a piece of gum. Right. You know, or like, yeah. seriously, you're going to wear yeah. that? Yes, I am going to wear that. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's how it goes now. Yeah. yeah. And that just shows. And I think that's, that's a good thing. It's the way it should be. You mm-hmm. know, if you've been together for I mean, 32 years of marriage, you should be comfortable with each other. And we have plenty of like date nights in or, you know, going out to dinner or something. But our last, like our last probably real date was, if you want to compare the two, was we went to Sedona for a couple of days. Mm. So, mm, Yeah, we didn't do that as sophomores. No, no, no. And not only that, I mean, you know, instead of going to a movie or going to McDonald's, we went to McDonald's all the time, you know, back then. And now it's like. Hey, let's go have a nice dinner and get out of town. And there's there's also a little bit of a cash right. difference you there, too. You guys have too, a little bit so, more revenue yeah. than you did when you were sophomores. Not that we don't yet. mind, yeah. just yeah. something yeah. simple either. So. Right. Perfect. So one thing that you guys have mentioned, and I feel like this is a common theme um, to recent days, of course, uh, throughout your marriage and your relationship, is something that you said is you were really good friends in your dating relationship, even before, you know, get dating. But in your dating relationship, you're really good friends. And that was one of the greatest motivations and also one of the greatest foundations in why you guys got married. And it sounds like throughout the years, of course, and knowing you guys too, really good friends. And why I feel like kind of one of the reasons why most people feel more comfortable with one another, of course, is they're with each other all the time. And of course, the more honest you are with each other because of your friendship. So like, hey, this is my breath sting. <sighs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and so for Valentine's Day is the it's the day of romance. And you get you know, you get some people that are like, oh, you know, it's dumb. You should not celebrate just one day. You should be romantic year round. And we're not going to listen to those those smucks because we got a day <laughs> specifically to celebrate romance, to celebrate relationship, to celebrate love. Right. Um, and so. For you guys, though, how how important is Valentine's Day as a day itself, just as far as celebration goes? Well, you've made it. I mean, you definitely make it special for the kids. Like we had kids for a while, and so you like you mm-hmm. did a big thing for them, right? I think it. Cha- I think I think that if the focus changed a little, a little bit when we had kids. I yeah. think no, you're right. Because especially when the kids are little and they're not off doing their own things, like you're. If you want to plan a date night or if you're having, you know, with your husband, it's like, well, but we have kids. And you don't always have a babysitter. Or mm-hmm. You can't always just, you know, go out. So you figure out how to incorporate them in making them feel special as well or whether that's um, – we did – and we gross them out and kiss in front of them. And oh, stuff well, yeah, there's that. Too. There's that too. Like, Mom, but, Dad, stop. Yeah. You know, making them feel loved and special on this special day as well. It's not, I don't think, maybe just for couples. But he's actually more romantic than I am. Well, you can so. tell from the way I proposed to yeah. him. I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> still does donuts in the parking <laughs> lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're definitely more intentional about that. Than I, I like am, your so. question. I like his question, though, don't you, Shara? Because I think we've talked about this many times, especially early in our marriage. We would always say to people, man, friendship's one of the most important things. It's one of the most important things. And I still believe that. I really do believe that. I think that's what can really carry like common interest. You just like to hang around with each other. I mean, still to this day, if I'm traveling or I'm doing something and I do something that's really cool and she's not with me, I'm like, I wish I was here. I wish she could um, be, be part of this. But time has also taught me that some of those like romance, um, you know, or the three letter word that goes with that, right? The, the S word that goes with that. Sex. Yes. We'll just talk yes. about that. Yes. But that's such a, that time-wise, you know, when you talk yeah. to the, about the totality of hours in a year and then how much of that is going to be in it, it's a small percentage. Mm-hmm. But I've counseled enough couples. We've walked through some journeys with some, some couples, some tough journeys. You find out that that plays into the friendship part too. Like it, we, we as Westerners like to compartmentalize things so much. So we got your friendship part of your marriage and your sex part of your marriage and your, your, you know, whatever else. Family so Those part are the of only two parts of marriage or... I can think of right now. <laughs> <laughs> Typical guy. Romance. But remember yeah. when we used to talk about that and we'd have these, and we'd be like, well, maybe they just, they, I guess they just do things differently. But sure enough, eventually you'd find out they were not in a good place. Because so the, the romance, the sex that's a that has a huge part with the friendship part as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I feel like this will even go into another uh, topic of discussion is that I think that 
would I be wrong to assume that, especially in our culture, is that we kind of glorify romance? Mm-hmm. You think that would be fair? The fuzzy feeling, the spark, yeah, yeah. The music that's that we true. have, the entertainment that we have, the movies right, we right. have, pretty much anything that's thrown in our face this time of the year. Of course, you go to Walmart, you see everything that's you know hearts and chocolates and everything like that. Mm-hmm. When we bring up intimacy, um, when we bring up sex in in a relationship, do you think? That because I find a lot of people when they when they quote unquote fall out of love or when a relationship fails, typically my observation is is that they don't usually they usually all have something in common. They usually start their relationship and they're out of intimacy and sex and not out of friendship. Mm. And usually when I make this observation, when I see a relationship that starts from a foundation of just just like friendship, like good actual friendship. And that can evolve. Usually I see this a trend in which they not that, you know, people don't have their struggles and their you know low points or anything like that. But usually there's a trend and there's a high probability based off my observation that there's higher levels of success and happiness associated with their relationships and their marriage. And then I find that people that kind of go into the more of the status quo of how we approach relationships, they usually you know, we, we definitely nowadays have more of a hookup culture. Um, in, in the sense of, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, you woo somebody, you get all romantic, intimate. Usually you start as sexual partners and then you grow into a relationship oh, with them. And so we elevate two different things. When we see your journey, of course, there's the friendship as a base. When we see a lot of other people, their base is usually more sexual. That's more of sexual partners. Then they become friends through mm-hmm. the relationship. Time time. Do you think... There is a do you think there's a correlation with that as far as the percentage of people falling out of love, failed relationships, failed marriages? You know, we, of course, statistically, we are at what, 75 percent of marriages ending in divorce, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did not write that. I did not search that up. But yeah, it sounds about right. I think, I think it's, more it's like actually, 50 or 60. I think it's like three out of four, honestly. Um, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, that not, is it's probably getting there. You're pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty that sure. That is 75 yeah, yeah. by the way. If you go to yeah, my math yeah. skills, sir. If you uh, go to brandonisright.com, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you you yeah. point people to that often. Yes. <laughs> but uh, do you find that there's a correlation with that? Do you think that uh, when we talk about romance, oftentimes we got to be a little bit more tentative and a little bit more careful, just because usually the the lens that we look through as far as relationships go is more sexual than it is friendship. Well, you, you, we've talked about, right? That kind of goes back to what I was saying before, where early on we would often say it's all, it's friendship is so important, which it is. Mm-hmm. This is where I think it's dangerous, dangerous to compartmentalize. Then we, we met a lot of couples that just the, the romance had left there. And we, and we go, well, we got to quit downplaying that part of it too. They're, they're both mm-hmm. important. They play into each other. But I, I, th- I think what you're saying, right, is you're going, if you start with one and you think that's going to sustain it, mm-hmm. like if, if it starts as the romance, the sexualized, the, and then and you think that's going to sustain it, it, it probably one. is not going to, I was, I'm not going to say it's not because you could grow into being good friends, mm-hmm. and, but that, I, I see there could be a danger of that. Uh, the, either, either one, honestly, yeah. either one, I would see that there are pitfalls if you don't grow. I mean the the fluttery feelings. You don't. You're not married for 32 years, and you go like, yeah, we've nice. Like every morning we wake up, we look at each other and go, wow, and get your hearts just beating. You're like your breath smells so yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you keep bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, that that would be silly to say that. And if you thought if someone yeah. thought that was going to sustain it, and then when you don't feel that, if all of a sudden. You know, you're, you're you're getting nervous. So, but I would also say though, I would flip the script a little bit and say, yeah, but after 32 years of marriage, if you're not feeling that sometimes mm-hmm. for your spouse, there's something wrong with that too. Mm-hmm. You know, but so that's all tied together. I think it's again the friendship part of that's a big part. I right. The, it is, and I think when you're new in a relationship, I mean, it's been a while since we were new in a relationship. But when you're new in a relationship, there's definitely more intention. I feel like there's more you more maybe more often that you go on a date or that you do, you know, um, as far as romance is like, oh, they really like this book or oh, I'm going to buy them a coffee and bring it to them or oh, I'm going to, you know, whatever, whatever it could be, whatever it could be. 
Because romance isn't necessarily just sex. Romance is just you're thinking about the other person, mm-hmm. right? Like you're, what do they like? What do they enjoy? Listen what do closely, they... Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, that's the way to someone's heart too is not just physical. Mm-hmm. There's oh, the absolutely. emotional part of it. There's, you know, just all of it. So you have to, even though you might be more intentional at the beginning and because you just, you can't wait, you can't wait to see him, you know, if you're not, you know, together all the time and, but, or even if you are and you're like, oh, I can't wait till they come home for dinner and, you know, everything. And now it's just like, oh, I forgot about dinner. Okay. What are we going to do for dinner? But, oh, he really likes that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll make that. Or, um, you know, whatever it could be. I think, it's just going to take intention, mm. especially I think the longer that you've been together. And then, then you put kids into the mix and family and job and all of that stuff that just keeps adding on and adding more people into your relationship circle, then you can get pulled in many different ways. So I it takes that. time to take intention, whether it's like going on a date or planning a special evening or meal or um, spending a day together or just being together can be romantic. Yeah. I, I love that word that you use, Char, because I think intentionality, I think that is something that when you talk about couples that fall out of love, whatever that term means, I guarantee you a lot of times somewhere along the line they started losing that intentionality. And that does look different than when you're first in a relationship and, and you've been together for a long time. But if you stop being intentional about trying to find that space. One of the things that Char did for me uh, years ago that was still one of my favorite things is I was working a job where we just didn't get a lot of time together. We had, um, I think at that time, we had one kid in high school still, so we were doing the high school sports stuff. But Mondays were my day off. Remember this? No, yeah. This is awesome. She started what she called Mystery Mondays. (laughs) I would look forward to this. And a mystery Monday was where she would like set the whole day up. And so this is the intentionality. Mm -hmm. I mean, by that time we'd been married for 25 years or something. But um, I would wake up in the morning and she'd be like, all right, go get in the car. And I had no idea what we were going to do, but she had some little adventure planned. And it wasn't every Monday. It was... No, it lasted about a fall. Like, you know, I think it lasted like a fall and then... We did a five or six times. I mean, one of them was big. We drove clear up to the Grand Canyon and hiked part of the Grand Canyon on a mystery Monday. It was just a day trip. (laughs) On a day trip. We got up at four. That that one, it was the night before. She said, we're waking up at four in the morning. Like, I don't know if I like this mystery Monday, but some of them. And then another one, we went to a coffee shop that she found that was opening and she just brought some games and we played games together. But I think that goes back to what you were describing. I love that word you used, intentionality. That it's just always, and, and I, you know, I might add another word, priority. Intentionality and priority, because again, it's it, you got to show your spouse that they're the priority in your life. Very good. You brought up a lot and you also okay. did too. Sorry. So no, this is actually really good. Um, good luck with that host. Yeah. So no, I got this. In the bag. <laughs> I think what's really cool is because you guys just displayed and brought up that there are key things within a relationship that makes it work well. Um, not that intentionality and priority is like the only ingredient. Very true. Oh, absolutely. But I think we can absolutely argue that they're very yeah, crucial. Yeah, yeah, they're, right. They're... But being intentional and being intentional and making somebody a priority, those are all choices. You know, we're talking about no gray areas, talking about choices, you know, choosing to make somebody a priority and being in, choosing to be intentional with them, how important that is. And that romance, I think we could also argue, isn't just some emotional fleeting thing. It's actually also a choice, yeah. right? That's yeah. true. And the more intentional and more of a priority that you, you know, treat somebody or do something for somebody, the actual more romantic it is. And that's why a lot of people say like, ah, right. oh, you know, like, oh, they did this gesture. It was so romantic. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, how romantic. I wish I had somebody like that, you know? <laughs> But it's because that person that knew something. That voice? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> just like that, too. Um, but the reason why they say that is just because they realize that that person was made a priority yeah. and that there was a lot of intentionality yeah. behind that gesture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this perfectly brings into something I want to talk about, which is... Hey, from your No Gray Areas team, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. And if you're loving this episode, would you just take a moment and leave us a review and rating on whatever platform you're listening from? you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on the new podcast episodes that drop every other Wednesday. 
By leaving a review and subscribing, you help others discover our podcast's inspirational messages to effectuate positive change in their lives. Okay, let's jump back in to this episode. So this perfectly brings into something I want to talk about, which is the five love languages. Mm-hmm. Um, help me out recalling them. The five love languages are... Well, I have them written down right oh, here. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do my job for me? <laughs> Words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Those are the five love languages. And if you're in Arizona, AC is also a love language. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. So there's five love languages and it's described with the five love languages that everybody has their way of receiving love and how they feel special and how they feel important what makes them feel makes them feel happy oftentimes is that the way that we love to receive and hear love is also the way that we like to give love but that's not necessarily true if if we're talking about languages we have to learn how to speak the language of somebody else to them it might be a foreign language to us right so for instance like Mm -hmm. words of affirmation might be mine but for my wife, if I give her words of affirmation, she might just be like, I don't need you to talk me up or say I'm cute or this or that. Just give me gifts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with languages, I just described yeah. our daughter very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with languages, there's different dialects. There's different, you know, there's a lot of different things. But when you want to adequately speak love to somebody and speak their love language, you need to learn how to be fluent in that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so tell the audience, what is something that you guys like if, if you guys know what your love language is? And I guess you guys can talk about, too, a little bit like how well you guys speak each other's love languages or like in, in cases when you have learned that speaking directly to each other in that language was a lot better than speaking to them in a different. Love yeah. language. Yeah. Well, first of all, we'll, we'll put this in the description of the podcast Mm -hmm. there's a place where someone can go take a test it's a little quiz Mm -hmm. really easy quiz and it'll tell them what their love language is next to the link of no Gregorio's book by joe gagliano Gagliano. nice nice this is masterful how you're weaving this together (laughs) the power and complexity of choice and yeah i love it brandon but there it's i highly 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 recommend we would highly recommend because that was a book we read early in our marriage Mm. The five love languages. But back then, so you and the younger generation won't know about this, but you could order, you'd get it in like a, a magazine and you get five books for a penny and then you'd pay for the sixth book or something. And we were poor, newly married, so and we both loved to read. So that's how we got our book collection growing. But one of the books that came was the five love languages and we read it. It, it I, I, mean, I don't think it's short of saying it in some ways it revolutionized our, our marriage. Like it just made us recognize especially me because mm. i'll brag on char here my love language is words of affirmation and she's incredibly good at giving me words mm. of affirmation her love language is acts of service i'm still trying to to, to get better at that <laughs> okay well i'm gonna differ with that because i have to be very intentional because words of affirmation are very low for me so that's like for my love language acts of service is my top one so i have to go I have to be really intentional because it doesn't mean as much. Like it doesn't mean nothing, but it doesn't mean as much Mm -hmm. to me. So I definitely have to be more intentional. And I struggle. I struggle. I have to admit, like I struggle with going, oh, yeah, okay. He doesn't care that I've cleaned the kitchen today so that when he comes into the kitchen, it's clean. Like that doesn't, you know, that that doesn't matter to him. What matters is, hey, you know. How was your podcast today? How did it go? Oh, I bet you did a great job. Or, you mm. know, there's just different things Wait, like that. You, you think I did what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do you, exactly. Do you struggle because exactly. he's in trouble <laughs> to give him that? Like... <laughs> no, but that's your point, though, isn't it, Brandon? Because both of it's us said the same thing. Something. Is Both of us said, I'm still trying to get better at acts of service because that's mm-hmm. probably one of the lowest on mine. So it's like a foreign language. That's And to your point, it's that's like a true. foreign language for me. And for sure to give words of affirmation, it's like a foreign language for her. But I do think that since we read that early in our marriage, we have been trying to be intentional about it. And I, I would differ in what you said. She's been really good at that. Like I was a speaker for years and I could come off the stage. And if there was a line of people, you know, 50 long that were like, oh, an amazing message, great message, right? I, I loved it because I'm a words of affirmation guy, but there's only one person I really wanted to hear that from. 
And she was always really good about, you know, and not just doing the blanket, like, good job today. She'd usually find something like, I really liked when you said something. So recognizing that that's a foreign language to her, that even meant more to me to know that she was, she was going out of her way. In fact, I didn't always, she got so natural at it that it didn't go, oh, she's giving me words of affirmation. That's my love language. Just felt like she was naturally. But it is, that's your point, is we Mm -hmm. both have to work at it. Acts of service is, you know, her dad is, that's his gift of, he is incredible at acts of service. You know her dad. Mm -hmm. That's his love language probably because that's what he's so good at doing. And then she married a guy that that's put the bottom of my list. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you notice too, I imagine when you guys were dating and, you know, everything's like, feels all fuzzy, butterflies, but you're trying to be be romantic and woo her. Did you inherently kind of learn no. to do certain things or no? You just never. Well, I, <laughs> I was trying to team up on this one. Wait, rewind. Let me try that again. On the ground. <laughs> I mean, let, let's rewind that. Let me try that again. Okay, we'll edit that part out. Here's my answer to uh, it now. Like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, you know, it was about a month into our marriage and I knew, no, that's yeah. not at all the case. Yeah. That's why that book was so good mm-hmm. is I think I was really good at affirming her, like giving her words mm-hmm. because that's my love language. So I assumed everybody needs that or wants that. So I was probably better at that telling her, you know, like, Hey, great job. You got another A on that test. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what I got. But, um, no, I think that book really helped me realize that People have different love languages. Mm-hmm. They, they, um, so I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I inherently came on that. How about you? No. What's interesting is after finding that out, you know, you do something like that and you figure that out, then you start thinking back through, you know, the history of like your relationship, and you go, "Oh, okay, yeah, I see it. Mm. I can see it where what I said made a difference, or oh, that's he's really good at that." with me and with others, you know, the words of affirmation, he's very good at that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like you just go, it's just a little light bulb moment where you go, okay. okay." Yeah. If you wanted to know, like kind of what you're saying is if you want to know what someone else's love language is, probably watch what they do well. Mm -hmm. Like if they're doing, if they're serving and doing acts, it's probably that. Now, if the listeners are, are paying attention, they'd probably be wondering, why did Mystery Monday mean so much to you of words of affirmation? And, and interesting acts of service were at the bottom. Because my second, which is also her second, is quality time. Bilingual. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Bilingual in the love language. Yeah. Everybody is, by the way. Yeah. You have a primary and a secondary. Mm-hmm. And our secondary is quality time. So the Mystery Mondays, yeah, I mean, the acts of service was huge. All the planning that she would have to do and put that together. But what connected with me on it is like it's just me and her hanging out quality time Mm -hmm. so so that was the second one which is that that's what's nice is it's also her second one so our our secondary love language we speak pretty well to each other because we're natural at it and i think you brought up a great point too if you want to know what the love language is of your significant other look at what they do well Mm -hmm. right and like okay that's probably what they want to receive and I think if people are kind of in the slumps within a relationship, uh, usually the other person probably tells them to. A lot of it's just just kind of opening up your ears to actually listen to somebody. For sure. Like if you have somebody that wants acts of service and they want help around the house, like, hey, it's cluttery, it's a mess, do something, and they harp on you, usually like that's a pretty good indication of like, hmm. Yeah. Maybe I should do something. Should. <laughs> like, like Clean up it's, it's not too complicated, really, right? It just yeah. takes listening and then, you know, yeah. right. treating can, each other. Can we well. move on from right. this? Because yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of the list of things that she, hey, these are things that hey. I want done around the house. Those lists are still going. So can, let's move on. No, that's all right. Let's I'm, move on. I'm kind of in the same boat a little bit. <laughs> no. Um, no, I think that's very critical for most relationships. And whenever we see something as far as you want to do a romantic gesture, you found that is only been amplified when you've done something that spoke to her more and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. For instance, like the Mystery Mondays, even mm-hmm. if you weren't making that consistent thing, like if you wanted to be like a, rom- a romantic gesture, speaking to Pat would be like, hey, I know he loves this. This will mean something really deeply to him. Mm-hmm. So very cool. And I think, of, of course, all that too has to come down to choosing. Like, And, and this is going to lead into the next question is, um, I think that there's always something special and something there 
that I think it's very hard for somebody to um, really pinpoint to say like, oh, I love so-and-so, like we love each other. And you ask them why. And I think there's just always something there you just can't explain. How much of it is a choice though? Like to love somebody and also just the action, the act of loving somebody. How much do you think is, you know, of course, we just based off of all we talked about, we talked about being intentional. We talked about prioritizing. We talked about treating each other well through like learning each other's love languages. Those are all choices. But is there room in loving somebody, just being in love, I guess, being in love with somebody? That is a choice, not just a, I guess, a feeling or just some mystery thing. Absolutely. I think at the very beginning of relationships, I think you see the act, you see the act of love. It's definitely a choice because the person is choosing to say things, do things for the other person or with the other person. They're definitely choosing to do that. They may think, oh, but I really, I just really wanted to. No, but you still have to make the choice to do that. Mm-hmm. Over time, Maybe other things kind of other, there could be other priorities, other things that maybe get in the way or that are more priorities. Sometimes it is tyranny of the urgent, but I absolutely think that there's definitely choice because I could say, I love my dog, but if I'm not caring for my dog, then. Which is really funny because. Okay. We don't have to go there. <laughs> she is- <laughs> For the audience, <laughs> she's dogs. not a big animal lover. I love animals. How many animals now I'm going to be in trouble. How many animals do we own? I just don't want to own an animal. <laughs> okay. I love animals. I do. I love animals. Yeah, she grew I grew up, up on, a, on farm. a farm. You did. You did. But you did. I don't. I just don't need to own an animal. I'm glad you pointed so, that out. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so if I say that I love my children, yeah. Yeah. and then I don't care for them, right? You're like, uh, do you love them? Mm. Like love is definitely, I would say, a verb, an action. Yeah. Well, even from a biblical perspective, it is an action verb. Absolutely. It's like God loved us, so what did he do? You know, that Mm -hmm. should always, if if I love Shar, it should be followed with, okay, then what am I doing? So it is absolutely an action. But I think that this is why I would, again, again, encourage the audience, go take that test. Because what you need to learn, and this is the, the... is what does she need though? Not what I think she needs or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like what do I need to feel valued and respected for her to feel cherished, which really are the two big love languages of men and women. Men want to feel respected and women want to be cherished. We know that because God told us that. But what does she need to feel cherished? And the love language test kind of tells you that. For her, it's acts of service and quality time. But I can give her a lot of words of affirmation, which I do because it's natural, but it's it has a 10% impact compared to an act of service, which I so wish wasn't true because that's so much work for me. It's so much, it's just natural for me. I mean, I, every week I'm sending my kids like, like I sent you one recently and you're like, is Pat? So okay? next question. <laughs> I sent Brandon one and I never heard back from him. Yeah. But no, I, I sent him one and he's like, is Pat okay? <laughs> Cause you assume like something really bad was happening. Cause yeah. I'm like, Hey, I just want to tell you, have a great day. I'm yeah. proud of you. Yeah. And Did you get diagnosed with somebody. Yeah, is he dying? Somebody after him. <laughs> No, but those that's just natural for me. I thought you were going to bring up that I don't respond yeah. too often. Well, <laughs> Ever. Ever. <laughs> None of yeah. our kids do, though. We text all of them. And it's like nothing. In fact, I get jealous because she hears back more. I'll be like, what? You, he responded to you? He didn't respond to me. I prefer nothing than just like a thumbs up. Yeah. Like if I get a thumbs up, it's like, oh, okay. okay. Good job. <laughs> Even though words of affirmation are your love language. Um, it used to. And that's another thing I want to bring up. I think some people kind of evolve and change um, oh, and, okay. and they could be satisfied in other ways. And so for me, I definitely do like quality time. That's always been one of mine. Always mm-hmm. has been. Did you take the test or did you figure it out this on your own? Um, I, I figured it out just by reading the book. Like, oh, mm-hmm. that's that's totally me. Um, so I'll bet I'll bet after words of affirmation and quality time were pretty, ranked really yeah. close. Whenever together. I take tests on anything like my top two are usually always neck and neck. Yeah. Like always. I think for me too, like, and this is something that might be noteworthy for our audience. I think for me with words of affirmation, I think that also came from a place of, at least at the time of my life where I was struggling a lot with um, like self-respect and insecurity. And so I was trying to leverage words of affirmation to counteract those feelings. 
um, when I didn't feel the need out of that one. When I feel like when I became more emotionally mature, it wasn't something that I actually wanted, let alone needed. Um, so let, let, nice let me see if I'm hearing you right. You're saying anybody that has words of affirmation is emotionally <laughs> insecure. Well, I'm glad you're, you're following. <laughs> I thought you tested badly in school. No, I'm just um, no, oh no, that's not what I'm saying at all. It's just at the time I think for yeah, for me, I, yeah, I get it. For yeah. and some people, they might be one of the things that they might struggle with is just being alone, and so they might think that I need quality time, and they might just be growing through something and becoming more mature through something. So I think that oftentimes, yeah. like when, especially when Great you read thought. like a mm-hmm. like a book like the Love Languages, a lot of times too is are you reading it and are you going through it in a time of immaturity or are you going through it in a a good headspace to or actually get accurate immaturity you know, or deep pain or deep pain? Yeah, right. Like mm-hmm. you saw that with me. She often will say when people be like, "Well, you know." That was one of the arguments about getting married young. Like, don't get married too young because you're going to change. Well, we always say there. You may people may still have good arguments on why not to get married young. I'm not arguing with that right now. But you're going to change no matter what age you are. Mm-hmm. That is true. Like she saw that me go through true. big changes in my 40s, but it was because of the the difficult times I was going through in that time. So I think you're right. If you took the love language quiz when you're going through a really difficult mm-hmm. time, or what did you call me again? Immature. What was the word you said? <laughs> Deeply, they can skew it some. You're yeah. right. They would say the same thing about personality yeah. tests. So yeah. to be aware of that, yeah. that's a great point. And how and how that could maybe change. So what you're saying is, Ashley, if you're listening, Ashley, our daughter who's married to you, that the words of affirmation is still important to you, but you're saying quality time has almost moved up mm-hmm. because as you've matured, you're going, I don't need yeah. the words of affirmation like I used to. Yeah. And she's a lot like you too. Words of affirmation isn't a strong suit of her actually expressing. Right. So it might just be like quality time. It's just like, I'll take it. <laughs> it's number two, but I'll take I'll that take one. <laughs> um, we can leave that part out so she doesn't kill yeah. me. No, uh, leave that part in. If you please. want me back here. Yes. Um, please we'll, leave that part in. Please leave that part out here. Um, next next so, family talk. Yeah. So as we're going to, I, I, um, I guess, wrap up this conversation, um, bringing up, you know, Valentine's Day. We, we've talked about a number of topics, a uh, number of themes, talking about friendship, talking about um, intimacy, talking about uh, priority, importance, intentionality, love language, all these things. We even talked about how love isn't just like it is something that is a special, unique bond. I think it's very difficult for people just to explain, but it is also a choice, even mm-hmm. just and, and love, the action of love is a choice, and we have to be intentional and prioritize one another for it. And then we have this day of Valentine's Day, which can easily be argued just a way to spike revenue for most stores, right? <laughs> but it is a day to celebrate romance, a day to celebrate for love. Sure. Mm-hmm. So now I do think that a day to celebrate one another and just being just loving and, and romance is a good thing. I'm not harping on yeah. that. But I do think that there's definitely room for the conversation of how can we incorporate Valentine's Day throughout the year? You know, not doesn't necessarily have to be every day, but throughout the year. So it's not just a, okay, there's only one day of the year that I'm going to be super intentional about, you know, flowers, chocolates, dinners, dinner reservations or special things, you know, the grand gestures. What would you be your advices to anybody, really? Young couples, older couples, anybody. Um how would you incorporate Valentine's Day throughout the year to honor one another and your in the romance within your relationship? I think that it goes back to what we had talked about before in just making a cho- making a conscious yeah. choice to say, okay, I'm not going to do this just one time a year. Like if, for those of the audience that are maybe words of affirmation and so you – maybe you're like, I can't come up with this on my own, so I bought a card that – perfectly explains how I feel. Okay, maybe do that more than once a year mm-hmm. or sending a text or, you know, doing writing a letter or he would write me tons of letters even in high school and after high school, even even though we lived in the same house, he would write me letters and also other things because acts of service, I got you something know. for you. Okay. I got something for you and I'm going to I'm going to talk up your husband, your hubby right now. Okay. So you can thank me later for this. (laughs) Char, I think the reason you might be struggling with this answer a little bit is because I think you are treated really well. I am. I think I I would make 
the assumption that you have a husband that is upholding his part of the deal and treating and loving you the way that you want to be treated and loved and the way that he wants to treat you and love you. And if you guys want to zoom in on his eyes right now. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that's good. And I think yeah, that's good. And I, 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 I do. I would good. love to make the argument. Um, and if people want to argue this, you can, I don't know, nograyreas at gmail.com. You could send it to them. <laughs> um, I, I would make the argument. I would take this responsibility and I would call all the men within a relationship to take this responsibility to take up the mantle to be the one that is being the one to to take on this challenge within the relationship, being in the relationship and having the responsibility over this. Like, I think it's actually good that you are actually struggling a little bit with this answer. <laughs> like when it co all comes down to it, it's down to his responsibility to make sure that this relationship is is well and is good. And I think that's, that's very biblical. That's not just like a, now you can just be sh like some schmuck kind of thing and mm -hmm. just be a bad wife. And that's not what I'm saying at all. But I, I think the reason, truly, I think the reason why it's kind of difficult for you to answer that question is because I think that Pat is doing a good job. And I he think is. that's good. And I think that's worth like he does applauding and, and celebrating. And yes, you do. Well, thanks, Brennan. Yeah. <coughs> you know, what, what popped into <coughs> my mind, <coughs> clear my throat. Um, what popped into my mind was it's, it's the word we've used numerous times. And I guess that's the theme of this episode. It's prioritizing and being intentional. That's how you make, like you carry Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is a good idea. Like take take a time to to step outside of the business of everything and make your significant other, your spouse know that you're a priority to me. But it's gotta be more than once a year. Now there is something special about, you can't do that every day. Like it's not special if it's every single day, mm -hmm. but I think there's something really, really valuable and you know, that's what we've, we're still figuring out, working through, and we've tried to do for each other, is she has to know that she comes before our kids. She comes before our grandkids. She comes before my job. She comes before anything else. Now, how we, how I display that to her is going to change all the time. And then I'm not going to do it well at all sometimes. Then I have to go and say, I'm really sorry. You should have been a priority and, and you weren't. But I think that's that word is such a key one. I mean, I guarantee you, you look at a couple who is married for a year or 10 years or 50 years. And if they're always making each other priority or working to make each other priority, you're going to find a fairly healthy relationship. And I think to tie this one last point, I think to make this a beautiful analogy here is that I think that is like absolutely depicted in the way that the Bible compares Jesus to the church saying that he is the lion and the lamb and the church is his bride. So for instance, when we look at the story of the garden with the serpent and Adam and Eve, Adam displayed more of a lamb. The serpent was more yeah. of a lion yeah. and that's not mm. what a man should be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Man should be a lion with yeah. life in the world, but a lamb with his wife and his kids, his family. Yeah. And I think oftentimes we have situations where we're one or the other, we're one or the other, we, we, and that doesn't mix well, that doesn't do well. We have yeah. to be both, right, to follow that kind of example. So oftentimes is we get caught up in the, in the world of like, oh, we got to succeed, we got to do good, we got to, you know, keep pushing, 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 more of that, like, that lioness kind of thing, right? Even in the marriage, like, you're just focusing on just being successful at life, and when you go back into your marriage and your relationship, we're like a lion to each other and it's kind of vicious sometimes instead of coming back to the family, coming back to the relationship more yeah. softer as like a lamb, more tender yeah. and uh, giving space to grow and to be loving and to be appreciative and to uh, exchange love languages, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, per se. So, yeah, well put. Absolutely. So thank you so much for this conversation, for yeah, this interview. I think this was a very special one, a very fun one. And in the, I guess the, the bliss of romance, um, Char, I'm going to ask you to lie to us. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this goes to uh, No Gray Areas has a tradition at the end of each podcast. Uh, we play a game of two truths and a lie. Pat, you've done yours. Yes. Char, you've done yours when you got interviewed before, right? Mm -hmm. But not with me. Not with you. And so you to, have to guess her lie. Yeah, and now I have to guess yeah. you. Well, so. Okay, we'll see. Can, can, we, can we set the record straight, though, that... I actually stumped you. You did no, not you get it. Stumped me on yeah, a yeah. little <laughs> yeah. detail. Yeah. No, I just wanted to let the audience know. Which okay, I'm still go ahead. About. I know you are. <laughs> okay, here it is. I've ridden a horse through a barbed wire fence. Oh. 
My childhood dream was to be a professional barrel racer, and my first limo ride was in Hawaii. So you're from Montana, so anything to do with horses makes sense, but I can understand why you put two of those in there to try to stump me. So I'm going to focus <laughs> on those two. So I'm going to go on a, a whim and say, because you've gone to Hawaii a bunch, I don't ever recall you ever talking about being a limo, though. I'm going to say the limo is true. The limo is true. All right, here we go. I'm going to say the first one's true. Barbed wire. That happened. It did. Woo! It did. I'm sorry, guys. I yes. <laughs> no, Redeem it did. myself. It did. Okay, so go. see if I can. I, the reason your lie is you wanted to be a professional figure skater. I did. That's yes. right. Yeah, yeah, I did. The I barrel racer, that, though, that was a good enough one. enough to... <laughs> like, I know you love, like, horses love and animals, animals, but not to the point I don't of... want them to live in my house. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Pat. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> the yeah. other way you could have known that number one was true is... Most kids that grew up in Montana rode a horse to barbed wire fences. So yeah. No, that's not true at all. That's not, that's that's not that's true. Really that's true. Yeah. No, this was a just a very well, you wily horse. Grew up on a farm. It was a very so wily yeah. horse. This you wasn't rode even your, at our farm. Your little bike thing through a hornet's nest. You rode a horse through barbed wire. You lived a adventurous childhood, Char. Yeah. yeah. And I, I actually chose that one. And I'm saying this out of just love and nothing judgmental. But since I've known you, you've had some clumsy moments. <laughs> so, oh, yes. you're falling down a mountain. I saved her lifetime. I literally had to tackle her and yeah. keep her from going off a cliff. Yeah. Because it started with her just stumbling, and then the stumbling turned in faster and faster. <laughs> and Josiah, our son, is just laughing, going, what are you doing, Mom? <laughs> I go, I realized she's going to go off that cliff. So I literally had to tackle her. That yeah. Good true. point. Well, thank you so very much. Yeah. Very thank Brandon. you, Brandon. Yeah, yeah thank thanks. You, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Happy fun. Valentine's Day. Oh, thank you. Happy Valentine's Day. What an episode. Thank you for tuning in to this exclusive Valentine's Day episode with myself, my wife, Charmin, and our son-in-law, Brandon Lopez. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure and leave us a five-star review. We'll see you in two weeks for our next episode.